Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danka and Bharati Jagdish with you. We're inching closer to budget 2022 set to be delivered in Parliament on February the 18th and the first one by Finance Minister Lawrence Wong. Yep. Uh, since he became Finance Minister, of course, at the last cabinet reshuffle in May, if you recall. Now, among the issues that could feature at the budget will, of course, be whether the government will review the country's system of wealth taxes, as well as details on the revised carbon tax rate for 2024. So that's the time of the year where you start to look at the wish list, the various proposals. And today we're going to be hearing from Deloitte on their budget 2022 proposal. On the line with us is Shantini Ramachandra, who is tax partner for Deloitte Singapore. Shantini, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm fine. Thank you. Shantini, let's get into it. Uh, the budget will be announced on February 18th. How do you think it will be different from the previous budget? So while the previous uh, budget focused on issues concerning businesses' immediate survival, we anticipate that this year's budget will likely focus on a much broader range of issues uh, that are likely to arise as the Singapore economy begins to recover. And underpinning all of this may be the need to make a tough decision uh, to rebuild the economy and reposition Singapore to take advantage of new areas of growth. And with this in mind, uh, Deloitte has in fact given our recommendations for Budget 2022. Okay, uh, so let's get into those recommendations since uh, on the back of that you talked about business growth, right? Uh, what, what would be some of the standout recommendations? Well, one of it is uh, giving, uh, clarifying the existing tax rules and giving advance notification of uh, impending changes to existing rules in Singapore. As an example, a firm indication of when the GFP increase uh, from 7% to 9% uh, will take effect. Uh, Prime Minister has also briefly touched on this in his New Year message on 31st December uh, 2021. Uh, the other one would be uh, strengthening the innovation and intellectual property ecosystem so that it can be leveraged uh, to promote economic development. And that includes addressing gaps in Singapore's current R&D and uh, IT regimes in comparison to other countries. More importantly, one of our proposals was that we should retain our Singapore's uh, tax incentive framework uh, to continue attracting uh, new investors, as well as reviewing our current uh, tax incentives uh, to see if they may need to be recalibrated in view of the impending implementation of the GLOBE rules, which is part of the BET uh, 2.0 initiative aimed at ensuring multinational corporations pay a fair share of taxes wherever they operate and setting a global minimum tax rate. Okay, to put it simply and in a nutshell, how will all of these measures really help local businesses as well adapt to the changing landscape and be more future-proof, you know, always be ready for any sorts of uncertainties and spanners that are thrown in the works? It should. I mean, generally, the government has uh, uh, made, uh, you know, ensured that a lot of these uh, proposals and budget proposals that are introduced uh, would be targeted, are generally targeted to benefit the SMEs and the SMEs in Singapore and the startup companies. They would be tailored for that. 
and to ensure that they, you know, they are able to uh, meet the challenges of the new economy as well. Uh, Shantini, let's talk a little bit about the proposal from Deloitte to retain Singapore's tax incentive framework. The idea, of course, to continue attracting new investors. Could you break it down a little bit more and expand uh, how how does it work? How how do you ensure that new investors will continue to come in? Right. Uh, as we know, right, and there's been a lot of press about this. I mean, the, the OECD's uh, BEPS project has uh, introduced two pillars and one of which is uh, the global minimum tax rate under Pillar 2. And this may potentially limit the effectiveness of Singapore's current tax incentives that currently play a role in encouraging uh, foreign direct investments into Singapore. So Singapore will need to consider how best to adjust its tax system, particularly the effectiveness and relevance of tax incentive schemes, to ensure that Singapore remains an attractive inbound destination for foreign headquartered MNEs while safeguarding our taxing rights. Uh, And this may also mean that when considering the impact of global developments on tax incentives offered by Singapore, uh, Singapore may need to address the needs of two types of investors. Uh, Existing investors who are already benefiting from Singapore's current incentives and new investors who will be looking at how these incentives may be impacted as a result of these tax developments. And uh, given that that there are these different types of investors and they have differing priorities, uh, Singapore will have to consider how the global will impact each group. And it may be worth noting that a favorable tax regime is only one of many factors attracting foreign investments to Singapore. It is therefore imperative that Singapore continues to strengthen its other competitive advantages, such as global connectivity, our political stability, a pro-business environment, diverse talent pool, and an ecosystem that encourages innovation amongst others. Singapore has often been described as being generally pro-business. If further changes were made, would we be maybe too pro-business? Would there be overkill, as some have suggested? What do you think? I don't think so. If you look at the international environment, uh, a lot of countries I mean, are looking to encourage of businesses to flourish and grow, right? So uh, Singapore is moving in the right direction. And, you know, just to, to clarify, early on you were talking about BEPS. Uh, this is the Base Erosion and Profit Sharing 2.0. Uh, Shantini, let's talk about GST. This is definitely on the minds of everyone. Uh, Prime Minister Lee Sin Long signaling that at his uh, New Year's Day message. This is the second time around he's had to do this. Uh, what are you expecting on this front? Well, on, on this, I think uh, even ahead, right, as you mentioned, uh, even ahead of the formal budget announcement, uh, the Prime Minister has said, uh, already said that change needs to happen, yeah. right? And so this is a very clear signal to businesses that they should start to think about what they need to do to get ready. So uh, for businesses, I think lead times are important, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the SME space, uh, where owner operators generally have fewer resources to help them with such changes. Uh, and therefore need more time to cope. So for MNEs, of course, uh, they, they also face a challenge because they are often, uh, you, know, is, uh, you know, they need to schedule time with the IT system team because they typically, typically run IT projects over long periods. So they don't have the capacity to make big sudden changes within a short time frame. So actually, we do look forward to getting more details in the budget itself. And I think the, implement, the, the, uh, the implementation date will be definitely announced. 
that is our thinking. Mm, mm. Mm. You know, some people on the GST hike have said that perhaps there is no need to increase it right away. Other taxes should be looked into. Talking here about wealth taxes, whether it's increasing the marginal rate of income tax for the wealthy or introducing new wealth taxes. Tell us more about where you stand on this. Okay. So, wealth taxes is correct. I mean, wealth taxes are increasingly being considered as an option to raise additional revenue while in addressing the wealth and income uh, disparity. And this topic has come up frequently, as we know, on in recent discussions. And uh, we too agree that that could be scope to review our wealth tax regime. Singapore does have wealth taxes uh, in the form of property tax, stamp duties on residential properties, as well as uh, uh, registration fees on motor vehicles. And we have proposed enhancing the progressivity of the property tax system and stamp duty regime in our budget feedback. And we do, however, note that the government has taken some action ahead of the budget. Uh, and it announced on 1st December that the annual values of HDB flats would be revised up, upwards mm-hmm. by 4% to 6, to 6% uh, with effect on 1st January. And this is in line with the increase in market rentals. In addition, the government announced that ABSD, additional buyer stamp duty, yeah. would be raised with effect on 15th December and as part of a package of measures to cool the private residential and HDB retail markets. Which ABSD is, however, framed as a property cooling measure to ensure a stable and sustainable property market rather than a revenue-raising measure. At the end of the day, if a wealth tax is introduced, it should be structured, structured in such a way that it raises revenue in a progressive and sustainable manner. It must be easily administered. It, can, it must be a tax that can be easily administered by the tax authority. Mm-hmm. It cannot be easily avoided, cannot, should not result in excessive costs for the taxpayer. In light of yeah. what you just said, where do inheritance tax and capital gains tax stand? You know, new taxes such as these, rather than just the existing progressive taxes on property and motor vehicles. Yeah, so inheritance tax, we had a form of inheritance tax uh, uh, in uh, prior to 2008, uh, estate duty, which was abolished. We don't, in our view, it's not likely to be reintroduced as that would have a, a, a adverse impact, I think, on Singapore's status as a financial and wealth management hub. Property gains tax, if it is introduced at all, it will be probably uh, uh, limited to uh, high-end property, residential property. So that is a possibility. It's uh, what we would call a low-hanging fruit. Uh, so that that could that is a possibility. It's a possible option. Shantini, a, a word on uh, GST hike, right? Um, and this is a bit of a two-parter. The first one being, uh, you guys at Deloitte, do you have uh, a rough estimate on when you expect uh, the GST hike to go up sooner or later? And the second one is, you know, there always tends to be this accompanying statement, right? The government will help you manage the increase. Uh, technically, they already have, you know, by dealing with COVID first, but uh, are we expecting more help? I think the government has uh, provided a, uh, you know, there is an offset, a GSC offset, and that is supposed to benefit, that is expected to benefit the low uh, income, the lower income and the middle income group uh, for at least 10 years. So that's, okay. yeah, so, so there is that, 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 so there is some support, uh, yeah. definitely, from the government in terms of when we can expect the hike. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I think it might, uh, 
Singapore is starting to recover. The economy is very yeah. yeah. So it may be uh, this year or maybe 2023, uh, perhaps. It's hard to, to. I think we will need to wait for the, the minister's announcement. Yeah, five more uh, weeks. Mm. Let's talk about what we always return to during budget season, which is that there needs to be a balance yeah, between, say, social distribution initiatives as well as uh, in making sure that people have this sense that they really need to be independent in all of this. So while the government does provide help, we are not a welfare state, right? That's the usual narrative. However, we have seen an unprecedented amount of help being meted out in the last few years because of COVID-19, especially last year. Where do you see this going this year, considering that we're not completely out of the woods yet when it comes to COVID-19, whether it's help for businesses or help for households, uh, versus also maintaining uh, that balance with the notion that we are not a welfare state? Where do you see all of this going? Right. So I, I think that uh, with COVID, uh, some industries continue to be adversely impacted. Uh, which is the tourism-related uh, industry and the travel industry. So uh, they, the expectation is that well, there will continue to be support for these industries, targeted support for these industries, and not the broad-based support that we that was uh, in, uh, implemented when COVID uh, struck, right, uh, uh, in 2020. So um, in terms of social support, that will continue to... Uh, there, there are definitely groups, vulnerable groups, that will continue to need support. Singapore is not a welfare state, so, but there will be uh, certain vulnerable groups and uh, will need to be uplifted and uh, the government will continue to, to provide support to these groups. I appreciate and your help this morning. That has been a trend over the, num- uh, the past number of budgets. Yeah, and yeah. And it will continue. For yeah. sure, for sure. Really appreciate your help this morning. We've been speaking with Shantini Ramachandra who is tax partner for Deloitte Singapore. Thanks again. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.